And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Mary Firestone survived the unthinkable. In 2018, she lived through the Montecito mudslide that dropped 200 million gallons of rainfall in 15 minutes, washing away her home. Trapped alone in her bathroom while pregnant, not sure if her husband and four-year-old son were still alive, she wasn't thinking that her trauma was a gift in disguise. Yet, as she began her journey to healing, this is exactly what she discovered. It's always darkest before dawn. This is true. Mary, I'd love to begin with you sharing a personal story of a darkness that you endured, that you went through, and the dawn that you found on the other side of that. So following the Montecito mudslide, where I had a near-death experience, and I go into detail in the book about that more fully, but I was trapped for five hours. I thought my husband and child had been killed. Um, they, they weren't, we all survived, we all made it. A lot of neighbors were not as lucky, but it was a really dark time. We had lost our house, we lost all of our things, you know, no money, no cell phones, nowhere to live. And, you know, this little boy, and I was pregnant at the time too. <sighs> so it was a lot. And I was covered in poison oak too, because there was poison oak in the mud. So, you know, I would, I was having these nightmares. Um, I would say that was the darkest. It's like not being able to sleep and recover. Although you, I'd physically survived. There was so, I was experiencing a lot of PTSD and the nightmares and the, and that if the nightmares didn't wake me up, it would be the poison oak would wake me up. So that was an incredibly dark time and just that un, the unsure, the uncertainty about our future, where we were going to live, where I was going to have this baby. Um, and the dawn that followed was the incredible healing work I found in practitioners and the first thing I did that gave me that feeling of dawn and like things are going to be okay was cranial sacral work. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I think for a lot of people that have gone through an extreme trauma, something like when you could just lie down and receive was incredibly powerful. And, you know, just lying there with my head cradled and this amazing woman, Sarah Rebstock's hands and just feeling for the first time relief in my body and like something was unhooking and letting go mm-hmm. uh, and just you know moments of, of that of like receiving I think as women a lot of times we're not that comfortable with receiving do a lot of giving so I think there was something to that too is like recognizing that I had to ask for help mm-hmm. and to be able to receive it and how many amazing people strangers friends family showed up Kind of, wow. yeah, it was really inspiring to be like, oh, we're good. Human beings. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Well, I, I thought, yeah, just to start out with something really powerful and profound, um, you know, we all have stories, right? So we all have our own stories. You lived a series of stories 
And not only did you live them, but you wrote them down, you published them to empower others. So subtitled, How to Choose Freedom and Joy After Trauma, mm -hmm. the book you wrote is entitled Trusting the Dawn. I, so I would love to hear just the story behind the story. Why this book? Why now? Love to hear it. Yeah. Um, so I have my master's degree in psychology and my sister and I have been running these wild, precious life retreats for almost a decade as a way to share tools and practitioners that have helped us tremendously with others. So I, that's always been kind of, I've had this background and I've had daily practices that have helped me stay grounded and clear. And one of the daily practices is reading something inspirational for a few minutes and then writing a letter to God, myself, the universe, whoever you want to write it to, depending mm -hmm. on your taste, about, you know, what I'm grateful for, what I'm creating in my life, harmony, relationships, houses, whatever it is. And one of the books that's been such a touchstone for me is um, this woman, Florence Scoville Shin, who was so ahead of her time. She was writing around the turn of the century, but she talks a lot about things that, you know, Joe Dispenza and a lot of people are talking about now. She was talking mm -hmm. about it then. And she has a quote in there, you know, trust in the dawn. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn always comes. So that, the title came from that. And it also came from the fact that when I was trapped on my bathroom counter for five hours, mm -hmm. it was dark. And I was, there had been a huge gas explosion at four o'clock in the morning, which is how I, we could see to get out to run, mm -hmm. but then it went dark. So as I was sitting there, I was praying for the dawn so I could assess my situation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the trusting the dawn part. And the book really came to, there's a, a third piece to it because I did have the PTSD and I had, I was feeling frustrated though, because, you know, clinicians and even strangers would be like, oh, PTSD, you're going to be suffering for, you know, probably the rest of your life, that kind of thing. And that was so frustrating to me. I felt like it was a curse because at the same time I was having these incredible experiences of connecting with others, connecting with myself more deeply, the recognition of how fragile life is but that made it so much more beautiful and i'd had some kind of connection with something bigger than myself that night that was with me that i my i was felt protected i mean there's so many reasons so many what ifs that i have to believe that there was some divine presence with me and protecting us that night so so i wrote this book to be like you know Yes, through that we will all suffer in life. We're human. That is part of the human experience. Yeah. And if we heal it, then it can open us up to such a more dynamic, enriching, connected life. So I wrote this as an offering to to other survivors to know that, you know, once we move through and work with the healing, then it's so much brighter on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And you just said it so well there. Um, that it is, you know, in in this suffering that all of a sudden things that seem just sort of ordinary and simple, all of a sudden 
have this glow about them even that they're so much more beautiful because we can appreciate it more exactly. yeah so you know beyond your book you and your sister, as you mentioned, you and your sister Lucy, you founded Firestone Sisters Inc. to provide others with, with healing opportunities through different events, different products. Love for you to fill me in here. Specifically, I'm curious about this product of yours called The First. Really intrigued me when I saw that. So The First is an essential oil-based perfume our sense of smell is our most powerful um, sense to anchor us back to a situation. So Lucy and I, you know, people would come on our retreats and have these amazing life-changing experiences. And then, you know, we go back to our regular lives and you feel it slipping away and slipping away and slipping away. So we wanted to bottle, we call it a retreat in a bottle sometimes because every ingredient that we put in there, we put in, yes, it smells good, but you know, sandalwood for grounding, juniper for detoxifying, rose geranium to alleviate fears. So everything we put in there is designed to make you feel a certain way, not just smell good. It does right. smell really good. So, and we, you know, offer it, you know, spritz everyone, they get a little perfume in their gift bags and we use the scent there. So then when they go home, they can, mm miss themselves and we call it the first because it is our first perfume we have a second one coming out in the next couple of months that's all more about heart opening but we call it the first because we like to think about it as the first ritual with yourself throughout the day like you're misting to ground or you ask for what you are needing or wanting yeah <laughs> right <laughs> I love that. And I, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's, it's such a strong sense. And I mean, we're instantly, you're brought back to a moment, to a feeling, to, uh, yeah, well, I, I feel like I really have to just like understand and experience the first because it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, sitting here at one of the places where we, you know, created, we pulled a lot from this special island where it's like, you know, the path down to the beach with the honeysuckle and like mm. a little bit of the salty air and then Santa Barbara with the mountains. And so it's really, it's a labor of love and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it's like, I feel like I can smell it right now. <laughs> um, you know, so when it comes to trauma, let's, let's go back there for a moment. Um, it's personal. It's a personal hardship that requires personal healing. So I guess my next question is, what advice do you have for those who are experiencing a trauma or who have experienced a trauma who just have no idea where to begin with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, again, that's another reason I wrote the book because uh, one of the after effects of trauma, I think we can feel so alone and that this hasn't happened to anyone else and it can feel really isolating and no one understands and um so i think the first thing is recognizing that you're not alone and the first thing i did i did the cranial sacral i thought was great there, my book is for the whole second half is like all different healing modalities how to mm. find somebody how to implement different practices at home um, 
So I would say maybe look through that and whatever resonates, try that first. Um, EMDR is really great. Um, a therapist can do that and that helps again kind of unhook certain neural pathways like we can get stuck in a traumatic loop and that fight or flight mm. so that can help reset yoga can be good if just to get back into our bodies um movement shaking therapy and again maybe talking about it with somebody safe mm. obviously um but just to begin to speak it and even to acknowledge that what you've gone through has been traumatic. I think sometimes there's that like, well, mine wasn't that bad because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a mudslide, whatever. But everyone's trauma is the worst because it happened to them. Right, right. <laughs> there's no hierarchy of suffering as the amazing Dr. Edith Eager says. She's mm -hmm. a Holocaust survivor who's been practicing um, psychology in La Jolla for decades. She's written two books called The Gift and The Choice. And she says too, like, there's no, you know, people will be like, but I didn't survive Auschwitz. No, but you survived what you survived. And that it's the worst because it's yours. So. Right. Right. All things relative, all traumas are relative to the individual and yeah. not to be compared for sure. So, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to dive into this book and to, as you say, like to explore all these different modalities and, and what works for you. Because again, it is such a personal such a personal thing and not a one size fits all. Um, you know, I, so thank you for sharing about your book, about the first, um, about your experience. Thank you also for sharing your smile. I have to say when I first found you, I was like, what is this beautiful smile? So <laughs> I, I wanted to, to end this conversation with a smile. Um, the fact that you do have such a beautiful smile, um, for those who are trying to find their mm -hmm. smile, right? Yeah. Who are in a, a hard place, who are in a dark place, who are who are still looking for to see that dawn mm -hmm. that will come, but isn't there yet. What do you suggest? What's a what's one piece of advice to just to find it? Hmm. I would say if getting out into nature. Particularly, there's something about, and I, I realize people live all over the place, but there's something in particular about water, unless you had a water trauma. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting out into nature and really hearing the sounds, smell the earth, smell the sea, notice the flowers, just like notice the beauty that really is around us. And even I, I, I can empathize because when we're in that dark place it can feel like well nothing's beautiful or you know but really working to find a few things that you're grateful for every day even if it's just like coffee um or a breeze or you know your child's smile so start to kind of reconnect with life again mm -hmm. i think that that would be a good place to start. And then I would move into more of the daily practices because I think that's really important too, to have your own practice to set yourself up for the kind of day that you want. That might be like step two. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I love how you suggest just to find that simple pleasure, like you say, the breeze, a cup of coffee. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, you know, your child's smile, like when we can't find a smile of our own to to adopt perhaps the one 
of, of a loved one. And um, that's really beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking this time and having this conversation with me. I'm excited to, to share this with the world and your book. And, and I've got to get my hands on this perfume because I want to smell that. I need to be there in that spot. <laughs> yeah, retreat in a bottle. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, again, just for sharing all that you have. And thank you for just helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, Allie. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.